Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat, man. We went straight into Thanksgiving, into winter. We got the first snow of the season today. I'm not ready, Pat. I'm just not ready. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, we've had my kids had a two hour delay uh, today, which is Monday. They have a two hour delay already tomorrow. I was called off of work today and tomorrow, which sucks ass. I was lamenting that fact uh, during the pre-show with Jerry there. So uh, anyone who wants to send their condolences and some money to my way, let me know. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, we're, we're right into the thick of it, man. We're, in, we're It's New England. It's winter. It's it's lovely outside. And to be honest with you, I love the first snow of the year. So I'm not I'm not too upset about it, but uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, the first snow of the year, that magical time before you remember how much you hate snow. <laughs> no, I, I actually really I actually really enjoy snow, so... I'm good with it. All right, fine, whatever, whatever. I'll just I'll be the Grinch for the both of us. That's fine. Uh, that, that, that's on. That's on point. <laughs> also, to be fair, Pat, the Grinch didn't hate Christmas. He just hated people, and that's fair. And that's totally fair. <laughs> no, 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 no. He hated Christmas. No, he just really hated people, and I Jerry, identify I, with listen, that. Listen, when was the last time you read the Grinch? Because I read it to my kids on a weekly I basis. Read? There's a book. <laughs> <laughs> If your source, you gotta hit, get your source material from the tap, and that is from the book, my friend, from the illustrious. No, Dr. I Seuss. only, I only watched the original. You know, the Jim Carrey adaptation, the OG. Oh, the, you know what, man, the newest, the newer one is actually really good. The animated one is pretty great. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what what the animated one is. I mean, it's it's on Netflix. It's good, man. It's good. Oh, all right, I'm learning something new. I didn't know there was a direct to Netflix Grinch. No, no, no! It's not direct. It was in the theaters. Really? All right. I'm gonna yeah. go educate myself. Yeah. We can't record tonight. It was good. It was you'll, it was enjoyable. I like. Are a lot. you saying that because you have kids and you were forced to watch it and you tell that to yourself to prevent yourself from going insane, or uh, was it actually enjoyable? I would say a little from each column there. A little a bit B, of A, a yeah. little bit of B. Okay. Yeah, for All sure. Right. For All sure. right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, uh, what sounds good. <laughs> this is the worst segue ever. I want to shout out our newest patron this week, uh, Valerio Freya Ballard. Thank you very much for joining the Patreon group. Um, if I know it's it's a tough time of year. Everyone's got the holidays going on and stuff, and everyone's looking to to spend some money on gifts for their friends and family. And if uh, if you have some extra dough and you want to throw it our way, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. It's a great way to support the cast. It goes right back into the podcast and the stuff that we do for the local community here, as well as uh, the video content we make. So we really appreciate it. It helps pay for editor and all that stuff. Uh, it's super helpful. So if you want to sign up again, it's uh, leaving a legacy. Uh, Patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, what else? Uh, housekeeping. We got the pioneer event. Leaving a Pioneer. It's coming up December 14th. Jerry, I am terrified. Did I tell you Dude, that yet? I've been jamming Pioneer Leagues nonstop in preparation. Thank God. I have played zero Pioneer events. I've watched zero. I've just been so busy between school and work and children. I have. I, I don't know anything about the format other than there's been a ton of bands. Yeah, well, that's the thing. My that's deck it. basically got banned out from under me, so now I need to find a new Pioneer deck. 
Uh, <laughs> oh no, that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, Pioneer's been growing on me. Uh, I've, I've been liking it. Um, all these bands, I, th- I think, are probably for the best. Though now I have no idea what the. Why do I even bother, Pat? Why do I bother putting work? You know, I, I spend this time learning the format to be prepared for our tournament, and then Wizards just drops the band hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that's why I have been playing is because I knew that a bunch of bands were coming and. Uh... And yeah, oh. that was it was my that was I was playing uh, 3D chess. There. Oh, really? I, I see how it is. I see how it is. That's that's the real reason. No. <laughs> no, it's because I've been I've just been swamped with everything, to be honest with you. But I'm really excited for the event. Um, we're going to obviously going to have the streaming coverage and I hope you get a great turnout. It's something that we just thought was a, uh, something cool to do for Etsy and build their pioneer uh, community there. So it's probably not. I don't know if we're going to be doing this. Uh, click consistently, but I think this might be just a one-off for for LAL partnering up with this. But um, I thought it'd be really cool. I mean, everyone's excited about Pioneer. I think it's co- pretty awesome. So yeah, yeah. I'm I don't think I can keep this consistent with uh, Pioneer. My legacy decks are getting jealous. Like every time I f- yeah. fire up a league, it's like, would you like to play your legacy deck? I'm like. <sighs> Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. Um, which I do want to get back into because it seems like the legacy meta is back to a little bit of the wild, wild west we had before things solidified with Ren and Six. The Ren and Six banning looks like it's, uh, you know, shaking up the, the meta for the good. Uh, yes, Jerry. That sounds, yes. Whatever you said, for sure. Great. That really instills confidence, Pat. Thanks for that. Yep. Sorry. Whatever I, I, I said. A, <laughs> I think I just had a stroke. I think I just had a stroke. Honestly. Just had a little mini stroke. That's good. That's yeah, good. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, Pat. Lucky. Luckily for you, I have invited someone onto the cast who is got their gonna bail me out. Is that gonna what you're bail saying? you Thank out? God. They have their their uh, their fingers on the pulse of the format, and also a fellow TO. Uh, we have organizer of the Legacy Pit. Uh, Travis on tonight. What's up, man? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm really excited to be on, and um, this is much appreciated. Well, uh, I can see that you're, uh, it, you're actually in Pit Central right now. What's that like? <laughs> it's dark. It's dark and gloomy and <laughs> evil in the pit. <laughs> Where? All right, so i got to ask, because I, I, I've watched your coverage a couple times. I've yeah. seen some of the videos. Um, where is this? Like, is this like an underground bunker <laughs> where you keep legacy safe? Like, you're, like if if the world like ignites in a ball of flame, you guys are like the uh, like the seed bank that's like uh, buried like a mile underground <laughs> that holds all the seeds. So you got like keeping a copy of every legacy deck. So if like the entire world goes scorched earth, the legacy format will be preserved for the re- for like what's left of humanity. Uh, that, that's that's the hope. Okay, um, we, like we yeah, actually store cans, our how many cans of like baked beans do you have down there? Uh, maybe like two or three, okay. but we have a lot of legacy decks in these like stormproof, fireproof <laughs> cases, just in case the apocalypse does happen. So we are ready for the apocalypse. So we will be playing magic afterwards. The hell with food. The hell with water. You know? When you open the case, like when you, the cases that these are in, where they're open, are they like bat? backlit with like blue leds and like a little bit of, like smoke inexplicably <laughs> emits from the case and you open them for no reason. No, I'm going to go with the color combination. It's going to be orange, red, and black. Oh, no I blue. It. I like it. No blue. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I love it, man. All right. So, but for real, though, is this like yeah. a spare room in your house and your wife hates you? Like, what exactly? Well, where is my, wife, my, my wife does hate me, but that's another story. <laughs> my um, wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, going back to, like, how this actually started, um, me and Jared Smith had... Uh, probably 30 legacy decks in between us. 
And we got into the habit of loaning decks out to people at our local game store. And in, in, a, in a sense, it was like we were the banks. Like, mm -hmm. we were a place that players could go to and borrow decks from um, and always feel confident that they would have the ability to play Legacy at the local game store because these two guys were there. And that was really appealing to us. And over the course of, some, uh, of a, you know, a period of time, we realized that, hey, why don't we do something a little extra with this? Why don't we get into streaming? Mm -hmm. So one thing led to another. I really started planning. Um, I, I started spending. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is the part where my wife starts hating me. Uh, <laughs> so 30 legacy decks were enough on the budget. You need to... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, d definitely not enough. Not enough. So... <laughs> Um, we wanted to do something more for the community, and I, I really got around to thinking, how can we make this go bigger? So I came up with the idea of creating something called the Legacy Pit. Um, we started actually streaming in my office, in my house, and it was a very small space, and we had some people who were very dedicated. They would show up. They had... Um, uh, some of them had claustrophobia and they were willing to put up with that small space that I forced them to stay in <laughs> just because they really believed in what we were trying to accomplish. We had uh, a very humid environment in that office and eventually it got to the point where I just said, you know what, I'm just going to expand the area in my basement. I have a very large house, a very large basement, so I started doing some construction down there. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another, and I have a full-size space where we actually can host tournaments now. So I, on the outside, I want people to think we're in some dark, secret, underground <laughs> warehouse or something, because that's a lot cooler than just being in some dude's basement, right? Well, like, I just feel like if you flip the tables over, like, if you flip the tables over, there's, like, leather straps and manacles for, like, a sex Whoa, dungeon. whoa, whoa! It, it just, I'm just saying, like... It, De decorum, I'm, decorum! I'm into yeah. it, man, I'm into it. I'm just saying, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, one of the things that we are known for is the, the rawness, the, the edgy um, product that we're putting out there, but not that edgy, Pat, not that edgy. <laughs> Uh, you don't you don't pay the bills by uh, you know catering to a different clientele after hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we're not going to talk about that on the air, but you're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you guys have a sweet setup. So in your house, you basically have this little studio set up. You got you know thirty legacy decks, though. Actually, is it still thirty, or have you guys? In no, it's 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 thirty eight or thirty nine now. So, uh, thir so thirty eight yeah. or thirty nine different legacy decks. <laughs> And you guys, yeah. you guys stream you, pretty consistently too, right? Yeah, we started doing it every Thursday, um, and then we expanded to Saturdays as well. And truth be told, I would rather just do it Saturdays because the viewership is is, is so much, um, you know, more of a um, uh, improvement over what the Thursday streams are. But because the group loves to stream so much, we decided to just hey, let's just do both days. So we do Thursdays at seven p.m. Saturdays at 7 p.m. Um, sometimes we go until 3 or 4 in the morning, and it's just, it's absolute madness watching us half asleep at 4 in the morning <laughs> trying to cast bra Brainstorm, let me tell you. Damn. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys are kind of one of the few places where you can still catch uh, paper streams, especially paper streams on the regular. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. And 
you just kind of have everyone come on over and uh, and you know throw down. Is I was this, I know what we're gonna get into it, but you did the Legacy Pit Invitational. Um, but for mm-hmm. your weeklies, do you do like an organization or is it just kind of like free for all matches? Well, let me rewind a little bit, on, uh, and I guess we can get into that. Um, th- the main reasons why I started the Legacy Pit was I wanted to help do my part to help keep Legacy alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to fill any voids that may pop up in the future. Now, I didn't think the uh, issue with Star City Games dropping Legacy would happen this fast, so it's kind of kicked me into high gear. Um, but that was a, a scenario that I was um, planning for if it were to occur that we could maybe step in and help provide some Legacy coverage. We wanted to showcase um, like the most powerful format. I mean, I know Vintage has some pretty busted things, but... A lot of us are well aware that Legacy is the best format, and that, that's what we want to highlight. Um, some people, they live in parts of the United States where they don't have a Legacy community. Um, they don't have access to a local game store, or they've never seen some of these cards you know, in, in person. They've never seen a, a candelabra or a tabernacle, etc. And we wanted to be like an electronic museum of sorts to, to provide that for them. There's so many um, electronic versions of Magic being played, Moto, and those are great, but we wanted to actually find a niche. So we said, hey, paper is the way to go. Like a lot of people play ma- paper magic and they want to see the real cards. So that's where we have like that museum aspect built into it. Um, we do have a, um, a a founding principle of just being a matchup request service. So we have viewers that watch and they can request uh, a matchup or a deck for us to play live and we'll do it for them. And we wanted to highlight the local players here in the area. Like, for example, I'll just bring up a, a, a very good player like Mike Shank. Many people haven't heard of this guy, but he is just crazy with death and taxes. And I, I just wanted to somehow get his name out there as an example uh, with some other people of how great some of the local players are that we have in Frederick. Um, and also we wanted to do a training tool for us uh, here in the, in the local scene in Frederick, Maryland. Um, we wanted to be able to film ourselves, go back and see all the misplays that Travis does. Of course, the other guys are very good with their plays. But, <laughs> um, so it started out with me, Jared Smith, uh, John Blank, Dave Salas, and Austin Blackner. We were the core members, and we just got into this routine of coming over every Thursday, just the core members, and let's just have these matchup requests for the viewers. And then one thing led to another, and that leads us to today. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sick. I don't think there's probably anywhere else in the world that does that, where it just has the plethora of legacy decks where you can just request matchups on demand. It's like, oh, I wonder how this matchup would go, and you just kind of play it out and see what happens. Yeah, and, and we thought there was definitely some appeal to that in the market, and um, that, that's what we wanted to propose and put out there, and so far it's been successful. Yeah, I mean, that's sick. And uh, speaking of success, the, the reason why we wanted you to come on is you guys just had your first ever Legacy Pit Invitational. We did, we did. And I, I am very, very happy with the way it turned out. Um, I mean, I just got some of the statistics uh, yesterday, and I think we had 5,000 views, Damn. live views or something, and that's just insane. I think we gained 100 followers in one stream. Um I mean, I just started this in February, so I, I don't really know what to compare this stream to in terms of like other successful streams, but I think we're doing um, uh, pretty good so far, so I'm happy with it. But again, once the 
um, support for legacy paper wise was dropped by Star City on coverage. Um, that kind of kicked me into high gear and lit a fire under me. So I wanted to just go out there and prove to the community that legacy is not dead. We can build it from the ground up. We can start a grassroots movement. People who are in, in the existing scene can step up. They can step up their game and make legacy um, happen. They can make their own tournaments. They can do whatever is in their power to help keep it um, relevant. So I wanted to be one of the first ones out there that pushed it in the high gear, put our, our product out there, put the coverage out there for everybody. And we had the very first Legacy Pit Invitational yesterday. And we were able to pull some of the best players in the D.C. metro area into this uh, tournament. I had Dave Long. I had Paul Lynch. I had Milan. Um, I had uh, Eric Copenhaver, who's really good on Dredge. I mean, so some really big names. Austin Blackner was there. And we were able to stream it for nine hours. I had a, a non-sanctioned event. Uh, we had a judge show up. And we were able to offer first place prize uh, to the winner in the form of a Legends. Jared says it's a uh, MP, but I think it's a light, lightly played mode. <laughs> so it's a pretty hefty prize. Yeah, that's sick. Um, it, it was awesome. Um, everybody left here yesterday with, I mean, just feelings of... of, of um, you might have to edit this part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too long. Um, but they they left with just feelings of, of happiness. Like they they enjoyed showing up to this event, and I I think on I honestly think that had we not even had a a buy in or a prize, I still think the majority of these players would show up just to send a message to out there that hey, we care about legacy and we're going to make sure coverage is still out there. So yeah. For sure. I think it, I think it's important to have a prize, not just for, you know, incentive for people to show up, but also just because it drives that competition. I think yes. people's play styles are different for prize versus no prize uh, situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're absolutely right. Like the play style compared to what we would do on our Saturday or Thursdays where I'm kind of goofing around. You, you wouldn't see that during the tournament yesterday where people are actually playing for that prize. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but I mean that's that's awesome. Uh, glad you got a uh, you know some really big names to turn out. Glad uh, you got a bunch of viewers turning it, tuning in. Hell yeah! Um, who who ended up taking it down? Uh, Milan Bayano, yeah. who is actually fourteen years old. Yeah, he made. Uh, I was gonna say it seems yes. like that moat is probably older than he is. <laughs> You're probably right. It and is. we were joking yesterday that we think he is probably the only fourteen year old out there that owns a moat. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, He's been making a name for himself as well, too. What? Yes, yes. I I saw him play at Grand Prix Niagara Falls when I went, and this is just after he won. The he won the P- legacy PTQ yeah, the legacy with PTQ. Stoneblade, yeah, right? Exactly. Or his blue, blue white Stoneblade, and I, he just ran up to us and he says, "Oh my God, the legacy pet! I love you guys." And I, I said to my friends, "I said, who the heck is this little guy?" And they said, "That's the guy that just won the legacy PTQ." And I said, "No way!" And, and they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh my God, he's awesome! He's 14 and he won that." So that just I was just awestruck with with how good he yeah. was and. He's local. He lives maybe 40 miles away from where the pit is located. Um, I wanted to bring in players that had published deck lists so I could have, you know, experienced, proven players to be in this first inaugural tournament. 
And looking at some of the results that he had, he also had a published vintage deck. Oh. So not only is he playing Legacy successfully, he's playing Vintage. I mean, that's that's crazy. He's a phenom, right? Yeah, that's sick. So, yeah, he won the Legacy PTQ. Now he won the Legacy Pit Invitational. Definitely someone to keep an eye on in the uh, the years to come. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So what, uh, what was he playing that he ended up taking it down? Oh, man, there were Okos everywhere. <laughs> and I know we got, we're all very happy that we got rid of the Menace Run in 6, but I think uh, Oko's next, but... Um, he was playing bug uh-huh. control and the final match was between him and, uh, it was Paul Lynch on blue red Delver. I think it was. And no, it was Alex Rubin. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It was Alex Rubin. Mm-hmm. And Alex Rubin <gasps> is an, a, another young player who's only 17 years old, who has a lot of finishes and he, he is an outstanding player in the DC Metro area. And Alex was on, let me just check my notes here. Alex Rubin was on snow control, four color snow control. Ah. So it was bug control versus snow control. Bug control versus snow control. Astrolabes. How many astrolabes yeah. in that? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, I don't have the deck list in front of me, but I, I'm almost certain there were at least two or three. Man, yeah. astrolabes everywhere. There were Okos everywhere. Uh, yeah. Sounds sounds like uh, probably, got- probably a couple of veils. Oh yeah, veil of summer was all over the place. And I, I mean, I would I would sit um, behind Milan's shoulder yesterday and watch him play, and every play that his opponent made, Milan just had an answer for it. It was so disgusting, <laughs> like everything. Like if the opponent would get rid of one Tarmogoyf, it's okay. Milan has two Tarmogoyfs in his hand, so it's fine, right? If they have a thought season in their hand or whatever, it's okay. He's got Veil of Summer. I mean, the guy just had everything. And he played against an, another accomplished player, uh, Chris Muller. And Chris would just look at him and know that Milan already has an answer for what he's about to cast. And it, it was just, it was a, it was a really exciting um, event to be a part of. And to see that many Tarmogwaves get play again was really cool. I mean, not just because of, like, Rug Delver and the Renin-6 era where it, it helped Tarmogoyf get back into the meta, but post-Renin-6, Tarmogoyf is still a player. And a lot of people out there said that the Goyf was actually the MVP of the tournament. I mean, we must have seen maybe 15 Goyfs on camera wow. yesterday. that's crazy here because I was shocked the other day. I was at um, ILGS, and I looked in the case, and they had foil Tarmogoyfs for $60. And... Don't yeah. get him, Jerry. Get him. <laughs> I was like, man, if I had told myself like three, four years ago that foil goifs would be sixty dollars, I wouldn't believe me because, like, oh, yeah. regular goifs used to be double that for. Yeah, regular goifs were what eighty and then one hundred and twenty for a long yeah. time, and and that brings me to Jared Smith and his uh, fascination with foils. He he's known as the rug player. Like I, I'm the pox player, but Jared is the rug player, and he has to have his whole deck foiled out. And he has these beautiful foil future sight goifs. And it's just insane to see those hit yeah, the board. Those are still, I'm sure, a pretty penny. Those OG yes. foils are quite <laughs> rare. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's that's interesting that goif is still uh, MVP, even though Ren and Six has been banned. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. So based on your observations from the Invitational, where would you say the meta is going? I absolutely loved it. Um, it's not just Rug Delver and games where it's just 
focused around a, a planeswalker because that's what we were most concerned about. We were losing that back and forth in Legacy, right? Mm-hmm. The the interaction part because it was okay. You have a run and six on the board. It's all about the run and six. It's all about the planeswalker, and, and I fear that that can start to happen against Oko again. Um, but we'll see how that flushes out over the next couple of months. But some of the decks that we saw yesterday that I don't think we would have got a chance to see in the Ren and Six meta. For example, we had Elves show up. We had Maverick. Um, even Blue Red Delver with the Pyromancer shell, right? Oh, with, yeah. with tokens. Those, yeah, those those would be hard to play during the, um, the Ren and Six meta. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have Storm. We had Bomberman. Uh, Miracles made a showing. Grixis Delver. Steel Stumpy even had a showing. Um, and Dredge. So twelve. Did posts, you have yeah. just sixteen different decks, or were there? No, actually, we didn't loan any of these decks out. I loaned a couple cards out. No, for I the mean, event, like, did, but did you stipulate pl- to the players to play different decks, or did they just by by no. chance they all just brought a different deck? No, no, we we just wanted them to play whatever they were comfortable with. They they decided to um to build their decks the way that they they did, and we had them submit their decks to us uh Friday night, I think by midnight. So I didn't even know what people were going to play until Saturday, essentially. Um, nice. That's sick. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That uh, I mean, that I think that goes to show the the kind of little bit of wide openness of the format right now. Um, yeah, there are some problem childs starting to rear their heads, but the fact that 16 people independently chose 16 different deck lists is a pretty good sign. Yeah, we actually bumped it up to oh, 18. Oh, you bumped it up to so 18. 18. Oh, players. okay, yep. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Um, so any big upsets, any big surprises you noticed from the event? Um, I think people were really surprised at how good and efficient Milan was, to be honest with you. Um, I saw a level of respect from, I saw some very seasoned legacy players sit across from the table from him and you could see that the frustration was growing in them because Milan tended to have an answer for everything. (laughs) And I could see that frustration slowly turn to respect because essentially it, 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 it showed that they saw that this young person knew what he was doing. He was good. And it, it, I think after every match that Milan won, the opponent would reach across the table and shake his That's hand. Nice. And it was meaningful. So I think that was surprising for me. Um, and it was good to see that. So, like, you think of legacy and how it you know, the naysayers are saying, oh, it's dying and us old people are not going to be around forever. We have younger people who are very interested in the format and they're good at it, you know, and Milan is just one example. Yeah, for sure. Um, are deck lists posted anywhere? I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested to see uh, Milan's bug list. I know a lot of people have been uh, trying to brew up the the next best uh, bug, bug list, see what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yep, we do have these up on uh, MTG Goldfish. Uh, our uh, judge, Ryan Freeberger, who really went out of his way to help me out with this event. I can't thank him enough. Um, he was able to uh, share his documents on, uh, on uh, I think this is a Google Drive. And we actually put that link out uh, yesterday for people to go and uh, peruse the documents. Having said that, we also have published these uh, results on MTG Top 8. So the top eight uh, list will be available probably by tonight. And I guess when this airs, it'll be, you know, after Tuesday or whatever. Sick. Uh, Let me, I'm trying to pull it up now, see if I can uh, grab Milan's winning deck list so we can go over that quickly. Um, Milan's also another person we should get on the podcast sometime. He's, he's, oh, you should. He's definitely doing some cool things in the format. Uh, 
let's take a look. Did he have to have a guardian when he went into the pit, or is he? I would. I know um, his his the pit. <laughs> his mother actually did bring him down into the pit. <laughs> she like and she gave it a quick look around. Like <laughs> she did. She did. Nice, nice. Um, and we had a couple of waivers that needed to be signed for camera coverage, etc. And and she signed it in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And she looked around and looked at me like I was kind of crazy, and then smiled and said, "Okay, have fun." <laughs> I'm just gonna leave my 14 year old son with all these like yes. 30 and 40 year old dudes. Full of guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This all checks out. I signed a waiver, and uh, yep. See you later. <laughs> Listen, that's man. Right. Babysitting's expensive, so that's right. <laughs> What you said? You said it's going to take ten hours. Fucking awesome! I don't know. I don't remember being paid. What happened here? Oh man! Uh, Do you happen to have the link to the goldfish list? I can't. Let me go down. Let me go down the deck list real quick, Jerry. So we can all just yeah. All right. So we got four Tarmogoyf, three Baleful Strix, uh, four Brainstorm, three Fatal Push, a Force of Negation, four Ponder, two Thoughtseize. Two Drown in the Lock, which is a card we've seen uh, become more and more popular. Two Him to Torak, which can which I can always get behind. Uh, two Jace the Mind Sculptor. Four Force of Will. Three Abrupt Decay. Two Snapcaster Mage. Three Oko Thief of Crowns, and then uh, the Land Package looks like we have uh, four Verdant Catacombs. Three Underground Seas. Two Tropical Islands. Two Bayous. Uh, two Misty Rainforest. Four Polluted Deltas. Uh, two Snow Covered Swamps. A basic island and a basic forest. Sorry, snow-covered forest and snow-covered island. Uh, so worth noting, no copies of Astrolabe in this deck. Ah, yeah, that, that was an that, that was in Alex's deck. He was the one who played the snow control. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting that so so is there is it is Ice Fang Quaddle? No, he doesn't have Ice Fang Quaddle in here either. So. Why the Snowlands? Is he have something in the sideboard that it, makes them better? Or it's just correct to play Snowlands right now. That's actually something uh, a lot of players have been complaining about. Is that thanks to yeah. Astrolabe, you don't get to pick your uh, basic land art anymore because it just makes sense to run Snowlands so that, especially in these sorts of colors, um, so that your opponent puts you on Astrolabe. They put you on Snow Control. Yes. Where, yep. I, yeah. I I hate that. that's just kind of the way it is pat because like otherwise you're giving your opponent free information if you don't run snow bases that's right yeah that's right and any advantage you can get take it yeah no of course it i'm not saying it's wrong i just say i hate it i hate it (laughs) (laughs) so this is an interesting deck uh jerry what are your thoughts here we see return of tarmogoyf return of baleful strix right uh it's this is uh interesting we see abrupt decay is coming back I see the three Okos, the two Snaps, Drown the Lock. What are your thoughts on this deck here? I like it. Um, it's a bit controlling for my taste. I would, I tend to go like the Bug Delver route. Um, I was going to say, would you want to put like uh, like a, a couple Delvers in place of like the Thought Seizes there, and maybe a Force Negation? Uh, honestly, it's like Delvers in place of the the Planeswalkers. I mean, yeah. back in the day, like the two Jaces, yeah. Back in the day, like the Jaces, Okos, and Snapcasters would be uh, Delvers and Deathrite Shamans. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is definitely more of a controlling build, um, which I mean that it can also be fun. Uh, I just kind of like to go for go to the face when I'm playing Bug. Sure. Um, but yeah, Drown in the Lock uh, makes it interesting. I like the two Drown in the Lock to him to Torak split. 
Uh, I think that's pretty nice. Uh, I think I'd have to try it out to see how Oko runs in this list. I haven't actually cast Oko in Legacy yet. I've only cast him in other formats, but I'm sure he's pretty damn good in this list, especially things like you can cast Snapcaster Mage for value, and then once it's in play, have Oko turn Snapcaster into a 3-3 Elk. Like, things like that, I think, can uh, be pretty pretty nifty with the deck. Yeah, someone else agrees, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, are you keeping children in your house again? That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, you, you, you must be hearing my house. No children thing. in the pit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Actually, I have, like, a small uh, music setup down here with a, a synthesizer and everything, yep. and my daughter comes down here quite often. Oh, she, she makes likes beats. to play the piano. Yeah, she does. Drop the nice. beats. <laughs> Dad, I'm in my beat laboratory. Get out. <laughs> well, she does tell me to get out. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this list is pretty sweet. I can see how it does feel like it's one of those lists that you just always have an answer when you need it. No is... Oh, no, there are the abrupt decays. No um, Assassin's Trophy, it looks like. Unless I'm missing it here. I think he just relied on the yeah, abrupt just decay. Yeah, the three abrupt decay, no assassin's trophy. But still, pretty pretty damn good. I, I'd be interested to try this deck out, see how it he's runs. Got the, he's got the drawn on the locks, right? So Yeah, I guess the drawn on the locks kind of fill that place. Like, assassin's trophy could also be in the drawn on the locks uh, spots. Um, but I do like the drawn on the locks to be able to be uh, pitchable to force a well. Totally. What do, what do you think about the two of Leland and the Void in the sideboard? I of the don't four? like it at all. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's good that he can actually hard cast it. Like it's, I think it's just an absolute mistake if you can't hard cast Leyline to only run two. But I guess he makes up for it for the fact that he can cast them. But he doesn't. Re- I I think I remember seeing him cast one yesterday. Yeah, actually, so you can hard cast. The problem <laughs> yeah. is is. There's yeah. no acceleration in the deck, so the earliest he's casting is turn four, and that's usually way too late for Graveyard Hate. Well, yeah. we also have the London Mulligan, so you're able to mulligan to those sideboard cards a little easier than you were before. You just get more looks at those cards in your hand. Yeah, I I still don't buy it. I still feel if you're going to run Ley Lines of any type, you should run the full four in your in your. Oh. I I I don't think I just don't think that's true anymore. As long as we have the London Mulligan, I think that 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 math doesn't work out in your favor as much anymore as it did as it did prior. You know, that's something that was also going around the tournament yesterday. A, a lot of people were noticing that dedicated graveyard hate was kind of light. Mm. So m- people may be dropping the ball a little bit with not respecting graveyard decks um, as much as they should be right now. Like Eric Copenhaver came over and he just destroyed people with dredge all day Mm -hmm. um i think he ended up going fifth or sixth place in the top eight but he was really well positioned with his dredge deck just because people were only armed with surgicals instead of lelands yeah Hmm. what i'm actually interested in milan's uh sideboard is the two crop rotation caracas package that's that's pretty spicy so it seems like and I, I can see why um, the deck doesn't really have an answer for Merit Lage outside of uh, Jace bouncing. Is there a Caracas in there? I don't see yeah, it. Hold in on. the side. Well, it's in the sideboard. The the new arc. Oh, Caracas, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yes, yes. I, okay, I see. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it also has, it has Oko Jerry. Oko's a Oko uh, yeah. and Jace are both answers. That's. I mean, Planeswalkers are bad answers. Baleful Strix. Baleful Strix is an answer. Like it has it has answers to Merit Lage. All right, so Baleful Strix is a one is a delay. It's not really an answer. And 
planeswalkers don't really work with as answers to merit lage because they just make well, it at the end of your turn and then attack you. I, I mean, so like, yes, like, the, yeah, there's there are obviously holes in that, but I mean, I think between between Baleful Strikes and and Jason Mind Sculptor and Oko, those are all, you know, those three, six, seven, eight answers to. Uh, I think to it in the main board plus two crop rotations of Caracas and the side. So that's another th- basically, th- you know, essentially three copies of Caracas and the sideboard you have access to. Those are his only I mean, answers to, to Merit Lays, though. Like if you are relying on Baleful right. Strix, Jason Oko to protect you from Merit Lays, you're going to lose nine times out of ten. No, I. um, hmm. Well, I can't remember what Tyrant Scorn does, but doesn't that bounce yeah, a creature Ty- too? Oh, yeah, you're right. So he also, Milan also has a Tyrant yeah. Scorn in the sideboard, so that's also an answer for Merit Lage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as like the main deck goes, like you cannot really rely on just Baleful Strixes and Jaces to, to save your ass against, uh, uh, against uh, Merit Lage decks. I, I think he metagamed pretty well because I'm looking at the deck list again, and the, there were only one Lands deck mm. uh, with a Merit Lage here yesterday, and that was Dave yeah. Long. But one Lands. good. Yeah. So sometimes it also just works out. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I just disagree that that there needs to be more main deck answers to Merit Lage in this deck. I'm not. It seems like he's pretty well I'm not, positioned. I'm not. For Merit Lage. I'm not saying he needs more main deck answers. I just think that he has some interesting tech in his sideboard. The the mm. double crop rotation for Caracas. Um, sure. But yeah. He's also running the three Plague Engineers. He was really ready for those uh, tribal decks to come back in full force. Now that. Uh, well, you don't even need tribal decks, right? With Plague Engineer, you just like it. Sometimes it just kills a Delver. It just kills. It kills a bunch of young Pyromancer tokens. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's just like it's just a solid card against creature decks in general. Yeah, I think I may have even seen uh, that brought in against um, Storm yesterday for Empty the Totally, Lords. yeah, it's great against it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's you know, it's it's like a it's a beater against L. It's just like and it's like a good attacker too. It's got a bunch of upside to that card. Yeah, for sure. Bunch of upside to that card. For sure. Yeah. I hate it. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I just want to ban all of twenty nineteen from magic. It's like there was actually uh I'm gonna pull up this article real quick. it's not quite it's actually I wouldn't call it an article. It was an analysis of cards played um at the GP at the GP Bologna. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna talk about that in a bit. But yeah, we uh GP Bologna also took place, which had 1,600 people, which is sick for a legacy GP. Yeah, for sure. But there was also, like, uh, I want to say, geez, I can't even tell you what the percentage was of cards, new cards played. I believe it was um, 29%. I think uh, I think I saw Ari Lax tweeted about it, that, or maybe it wasn't Ari Lax. It was a, a well-known legacy personality. Uh, basically tweeted out that like twenty nine percent of cards registered were from twenty nineteen. You have tw- yeah, that's, that's just that's just a lot. And like and the cards that were the forty more like the forty most played cards. It was just uh, rather the eighty like the eighty most played cards. It just had so many twenty nineteen cards in there. It was just a little bit like I know legacy players like to play with new toys and like sometimes that's the case. But I mean there was there for fifteen hundred players there to be that many copies of cards printed in twenty nineteen. Oh, it, that's that Gavin has a lot to answer for when he comes on the podcast later. This that's month. that's not that's even that's not even legacy players wanting to play with new toys. Like that's just downright. You have twenty five years of magic to choose from, and a third of the cards you choose to register are from the last year. Like. Right, that is something going on. Like that is, you know what I'm saying, though. Like they, they, yeah, yeah. He he got some planning to do, as they say. 
Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. So, I guess uh, anything we wanted to talk about uh, with the Invitational before we kind of move on to GP Bologna, talk about that for a little bit? Um, I I just don't want to forget to say how impressed I am and how proud I am of the two individuals that I had do commentary, Mike Shank and Mike Smith. Um, If anyone has not had a chance to actually go back and watch the Legacy Pit Invitational, I mean, there's going to be a lot of technical difficulties that are my fault that occurred in the very first quarter. (laughs) So just skip past those. But once you get through that and you listen to the commentary that Mike and Mike provided, they did such an outstanding job. And I'm scared to death that they're going to be stolen away from me already just because of how good they did. So I just want to say thank you so much to them. Um, Excellent job. Uh, Our judge, Ryan Freeberger, really helped out. Jared donated the moat. Uh, and Dave Salas was um, in the background helping me out every step of the way. So um, just because Star City Games uh, dropped uh, coverage for Legacy doesn't mean that we, the community, can't pick up and make our own Legacy happen in our own community. So I'm trying to do my part, and I really want to encourage other people to do the Hell same. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so where where can people catch the uh, recordings of these if they want to go and watch these uh, sweet matches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, great question. Um so the live streams are always on Twitch, and the videos on demands are also saved by default on t- our Twitch channel. But what I do in addition to the tournament is any kind of live stream that we do on Thursday or Saturday, I will also record the best matches that we have and post them to our YouTube channel. So if you just go to Twitch or YouTube and just type in Legacy Pit, we come right up. The invitational videos will be on YouTube probably by the end of this week. Awesome. So catch that out, guys. That should actually be lining up right about when this episode drops. So check out, is it just Legacy Pit on YouTube as well? Yes. Awesome. And deck lists are going to be on Goldfish and MTG Top 8. Correct. Yep. Sweet. Well, awesome. When I guess the only other question I have for you, when's the next one? Well, that, that's another great question. Um, part of the reason that we did this inaugural event um, at my home <laughs> in the Legacy Pit um, was to see how successful it would be, to see how, how much of an interest there would be out there in the community, to see how bad I can screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and judging on how it went would determine if I go through and start planning more actual tournaments in the future, opens, not just invitationals. So I, I think um, I'm going to go through and uh, go ahead and plan tournaments. They're, they might be in a rotating schedule with the uh, local game stores, or it might be in a larger open venue. I'm still trying to figure out what's the best way to go forward, but I think we're definitely going to plan some open tournaments in the future in 2020, and maybe the f- a third of the way through the year, I think, is a good target to shoot nice. for. Hell yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. We talked a little bit. We really want to start this uh, legacy consortium uh, deal going with some other tournament organizers around the country. And really looking forward to you getting uh, your kind of event off the ground and, uh, you know, just bringing more legacy to more people. Awesome. Let's set up that Discord channel, Jerry. We'll do, we'll do a legacy consortium and uh, we'll get a Discord channel where we can all talk to each other. It'll be, make things a little easier for communication purposes. Hell yeah. I don't want to do so. it on Facebook because fuck Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, okay. I thought boomers yeah, love fuck Facebook. Fuck that nerd. No. <laughs> Honestly, if I didn't use... If, if that, there weren't so many pictures of my kids on Facebook, I would delete it. I would delete it yesterday. But there's, I just have too many memories on Facebook to delete it. It's awful. It's awful. Like, 
What about our what about all our group chats, Pat? We have like 30 group chats on Facebook. Yeah, like I said, I would delete it yesterday. All right, cool. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Well, yeah, that's sick. Let's uh, we're going to do a deeper dive on GP Bologna, I think, in uh, two weeks time. So uh, our friend Dan, the data scientist, Dan, uh, he actually developed a uh, program to break down uh, legacy matchups and actually have, uh, AIs, AI play matches of legacy. Um, so he actually is loving the massive amount of data that we got from GP Bologna. No, Alan Iverson was playing legacy. Now that's awesome. We talk uh, about practice, Jerry. I don't, I don't know what that is. is oh, jeez, re- that's, re- that's, you know what? Ian's going to like that reference. I think so. Okay. That one's all for right. Ian. That one for all the other listeners who have no idea what Pat's talking about. I'm right there with you. We talk about <laughs> practice. Put that in. Put that in, Justin. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We talking about practice, man. We talking about practice. We talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We talking about practice, man. Okay, cool. Anyways, but Dan, Dan has developed a program for uh, for AI to basically Alan play Iverson. play deck lists against each other. And GB Bologna gave him a lot of awesome data to work with to plug into the computer learning programs i don't really understand i understand how computer programming works about as much as i understand uh, sports ball so i'm definitely butchering this explanation but dan's gonna come on uh two weeks from now and uh talk about his findings with the data we're living in the matrix jerry yeah totally anyways he he, he i'm hoping what it means is that we can just play a thousand matchups and tell us the actual definitive truth of yes this is a 55 45 percent matchup and not just have people just throwing out random percentages why that's so much more fun in elitist jerry just to throw out a percentage yeah you're right it is it is so this is a 90 10 matchup that's that's why after we record the episode i'm taking an axe to dan's laptop don't tell him (laughs) (laughs) this cannot continue it's too dangerous to let live the fuckery must continue. <laughs> they can't have a computer win the uh, the last legacy GP. It's unacceptable. Beep boop beep boop. I play miracles. Oh man. So we're uh, we're gonna have Dan on to talk about that. We'll do a more in depth uh, dive into kind of the results. But what were kind of people's uh, reactions to GP Bologna? What does it? a robot play in Magic? Uh, probably whatever the highest win percentage deck is. Do you think that's what it is though? I bet, a, I bet a robot plays Storm. Like, f- from a philosophical standpoint? is that Just from, like, a, an ability to do computational math. I think it plays Storm. Yeah, Storm. Uh, like, I think, I think Cyrus might be a cyborg. Maybe that's what the Psy stands for. I think it's Burn. If I had to guess, it yeah? would be Burn. Yeah. Hmm. It's pure raw data, man. Just getting those integers of three. That, that doesn't make sense. That, that, your reasoning doesn't make sense there. Travis, settle this debate. <laughs> if you're a computer, yeah. what deck do you play? What legacy deck do you play? Do you play like the top tier deck that's played by mere mortals? Do you play something like Burn, or do you play something that's more like like difficult? I th- I feel like uh, an understanding of of uh, what's what's the word? What what exp- not exponential? Uh, what what is the thing that has to do with decks? Okay. Deck. Talk about ga- game theory, or what do you mean? No, not game theory. There's a word for the math that you do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, there's a calcul- uh, there's a calculator for this too. 
Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. there is. Uh, I can't. It's escaping me now. God. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm not a math nerd, but I feel like that is like Storm. Bet most benefits from being having like a high computational ability, and I think that uh, I think it'd be Storm if I was a computer. Well, I have two answers. If I'm a if I'm a robot, what deck am I going to play? I'm obviously going to play robots, right? Steel Stompy or Affinity, oh, sure. right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> other than that, probably Storm, right? Because you can probably get the most wins with Storm because, uh, at least online, it takes you the least amount of time to actually play your matches on average, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that also, I would say, goes for Burn. Burn uh, is you're right, also you're right, quick You're right, deck. but I would say Storm has a high, way higher win percentage than Burn, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think there's more to be gamed with that ability in, in, Bur- in Storm than there is in Burn. Do you really think it's a way higher win percentage? Or we, yes. I, like yes. how define way higher, <laughs> like like exponentially higher. <laughs> I definitely not exponentially higher. I don't think that is possible. <laughs> Geometrically higher, like it's a also, triangle. It's also, a triangle, and like and burn also is like a quarter not possible. Also not possible. I would say if and anything, storms it's the like, peak. I, no, I would say it's like like ten percent at the most. What? Whoa. What? Yeah. As far as the spread between Storm and Burn over a thousand matchups, you're wild. That's wild. This what is why you we need your friend is? Dan on. What Dan, do you think? Yeah, do this the is math, we, Dan. Yeah, this do is the why math, we need Dan, to do the math. But do you really think it's it's, it's more than that? Like, you really yeah. think Storm is like a seventy percent win rate and Burn is like a thirty percent win rate? I'm saying I'm saying the the ceiling on Storm is significantly higher than the ceiling on Burn. Well, no, no one's debating that. We're talking about average wins, though. I we're, think... not ta- we're talking about robot wins. What are you talking no, about? Yeah, which wins? is average wins, Pat. No, robot wins, Jerry. Yeah, what is? I don't even know what's going on. What the hell hey, is robot wins? Robot wins. <laughs> Robots beat humans. <laughs> Who is talking crazy now? What? You know what I'm Trav, saying? Trav, please Jerry, tell me I'm not alone. If a robot and a human play chess, who wins? Who wins every time? The robot, right? Uh, no, actually, no, actually, humans. No. Humans have almost always won until very recently. That's what. I, well, we're only talking about recently, Jerry. I'm not saying robots <laughs> built in the 1800s. Jerry. Moving the goalposts. That doesn't matter anymore. Moving we're living the today. <laughs> we're living today. Boston Dynamics can make a robot that can beat you in chess and then do a backflip over Pat, your crying Pat, body. I, I think you need to stop because this is going to devolve into Jerry's going with the OK Boomer stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Only, talking about the robots. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think we're talking past each other, Pat. We're just talking past each other. It's possible because I haven't been listening to anything you've been saying. Uh, yeah, I can tell. I can I'm tell. You just kind of terrified about the robot apocalypse. You just keep screaming "robot wins" at ro- me. Ro- I call it the robocalypse. Ro- robot wins. Ro- yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think burn. I think burn probably has like a sixty percent average matchup win rate. Wait, sorry. Did I say I said fifty percent for burn? And I would say storm is probably like maybe sixty percent average matchup you think wins. That is insane. 50%? We're talking about over thousands of matchups. We're talking burn about not the average win rate. I, that's crazy. Yes, I think burn. Yes, I think fifty percent. Like less than fifty percent, I would say starts getting into unplayable magic decks. Like for legacy, like I think if you have under a fifty percent average against the field, like you start not being a competitive deck anymore. I don't think now is a good time for me to talk about Poxton. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say pox. Like pox is something that would have less yeah. than fifty. <laughs> I can't stop playing it, Jerry. <laughs> I know a robot would definitely not choose pox. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> pox is too on brand for what the robots want. To be honest, yeah, you're I, right. I, yeah, like in this in this meta, like. I think we're a lot closer to the 50% average across the board. Like I think during like the mir- the God tier miracles days, like miracles was probably getting up to 70%. Burn's not close to 50% right now, Jerry, because if it was, it would be one of the, it would be a I think top it's, tier deck and it's not, it's no, it's not fi- even, it's not even in like 50, the top like, 50% 10 decks right is now. 50% is playable. Like 50% is not great. 50% is you are playable in the format and burn is playable. No, a lot- I disagree. You don't think Burn is at, at all playable? No. I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I'm telling you the truth. You can say I'm wrong, but you can't say you don't believe me. <laughs> like you can say you can say you're, I'm wrong. I, I re, I'd respect that more. Like than you people don't are believe. gonna people are gonna misconstrue this. I'm not saying Burn is a great deck. I'm not saying Burn is like the end all be all. I just think Burn is the baseline. I think Burn is the is like the typical. 50% deck in the in the format. You are crazy. Ask Tom Smiley <laughs> about that 50% deck. Uh, Ask him how that worked out for him. Yeah, that you're taking that's a single data point, Pat. I'm talking about over thousands of matchups against thousands of different well, not thousands of different decks, but you know what I'm saying here. Like we're talking about in the grand scheme of things, like the mass averages across all of these different matchups, across all of these different games. I think burn tends towards the 50% win rate. Fifty percent wins. Burn was not in losses. the top uh, ten decks played in Bologna. No, they, yeah, because those are the decks that are higher than fifty percent. Uh, let's see, Burn. Uh, let's see if it even registered. It's also the number of registered copies doesn't affect that, other than the number of data points. That Burn was two point four two percent of the of the meta game. Okay, and. Performance. What was his performance? Please tell me his performance is exactly fifty percent on the Bologna results. It's. I wish I could tell you. It doesn't say average. It doesn't look like it has the average here. Performance is. <laughs> I hate this math. Forty-seven point four percent. Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! I don't know if that's what I. Uh... Now what's storm? Look up storm. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to get storm is. I think storm is probably like between sixty and sixty five percent, and that might even be a little too high. I'm going to go closer to sixty than sixty five. And ant was forty six point six percent. Wow. Okay. So technically, Pat, burn is better than storm according to the data. Oh man, but but the but what I'm. <laughs> I don't know, but there's such. I mean, uh, once again, these are single data point entries. Like you need that, you need many, many, many data points in order to come up with you know an accurate uh, number. Like the more data you have, the more accurate your percentages will become. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This uh, this MTG Meta uh, website is fascinating. It's yeah, really I, interesting. I forget. Uh, I read about it earlier, but someone did a lot of work to put together all this data, and I we owe them a huge helping thanks for putting Can this all together. We find out who it is and like talk to them because it's uh, really interesting. Yeah, probably. I mean, we hey, have... anyone who was uh, listening who has a who knows who does this stuff, uh, get them in touch with us, please. That's very descriptive, Pat. What? <laughs> what they know what the fuck I mean. I don't even know what you mean. So how do they know what you mean? <laughs> Find out who did this and then have them contact us. Okay, good. 
Who Thanks. did it? <laughs> you, every day we stray further from God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, lots of great, uh, lots of great uh, information here. I think this is awesome. I can't even imagine what legacy would look like if we had this sort of data for all events. Mm-hmm. Um. Because speaking of, it's not like Wizards really went bent over backwards to give us a good GP. Uh, the the finals of the GP were filmed on a cell phone camera and got put out there. Yeah, so. we just talk about how this event had, you know, 1,500 plus players and didn't have any coverage. How, uh, how much of a shame is that, man? It's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. So I think Julian posted it. Hold on. It's, um, oh, uh. Serafin Gonzalez recorded the it on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. The the finals of the one of the biggest legacy GPs uh, in Europe, and it's the finals are recorded on a cell phone between Eric Vogue and Tristan Pulsey. I I may be wrong, but I, I I was looking at a post. I think it was from Anurag, and unless I'm misunderstanding what his post was, he had a picture, and I think he was saying that he literally could not get to the coverage area. And the picture had maybe 20 or 30 people standing in front of literal barricades to prevent people to see what was occurring on the other side. And I hope that that's not actually representing what was occurring there, like to prevent the, the audience from seeing the coverage. It It's pretty ridiculous. So Julian, I know, was going around trying to do coverage during the day and the tournament organizers told him to stop, that oh, he wasn't man. allowed to do that. That's, I just don't understand what, what's the point of that. Like, what, what is someone, they're going to be giving out information? Like, are they worried about scouting? Like, they, I think they just do. Do they still want... call feature matches in these, in these, like, do they still do that too? I because mean, if they do, that's like, it's like complete bullshit. They should just stop wasting everyone's time. There's not going to be much of a point yet if they keep doing this. That's but what I'm saying. Like, I think it's also funny that uh, the last standard GP had less than 600 people, and this had 1,600. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. 2019, man. 2019. Become the monster. <sighs> so, well, that was our GP Bologna coverage. So. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll definitely get more into that uh, next week. I, I'm, I'm really interested to talk about the, about the GP. Uh, yeah. We just don't have time tonight, obviously. We had an, an illustrious guest on, so. That, that take that took precedence. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll di- we'll dig more into the GP Bologna data when uh, we have Dan on two weeks from now. Uh, he would come on next week, but he's in Talk India. Robots, India. Yes. Hmm. Okay. That your tinfoil is showing from here, Pat. I can already see it. I didn't say anything. I just said he's in India. <laughs> you That's had fine. a very you had a very pregnant pause with a. Hmm. I don't think I don't think I'd want to travel to India, man. I'm the air there is so bad. I'm not going to get into this right now. We're getting off topic. The again. air is so bad. You have you, have you seen the news stories about the air in India? It's like yeah. it's like really terrible. I have I have Pat. I have it's scary man. This, this is, scary. is why we didn't. This is why we didn't have time to talk about GP Bologna coverage because because of these tangents. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. There's always next week, Pat. Yeah, we got next week. Always All right. Well, let's get into week. some scoops and poops then, Jerry. Scoops. Who are you scooping in the top eight this week, Jerry? Uh, this week I'm going to scoop in my mom because I was freaking out this morning because I realized I I got a new car, but I didn't get a, uh, a scraper 
and we had uh, the snowstorm. For for our southern friends, they probably don't know like what the hell I'm talking about. But in New England, you need to keep a scraper in your car in order to clean your car off of all this snow. And I was like freaking out because I'm like, oh man, I don't have one. I'm gonna have to basically like use my bare hands to scoop <laughs> to scoop the snow off of my car. But yep. then my mom texts me and goes, oh by the way, I bought you a scraper. It's in your car car trunk. <laughs> oh, what a what a wonderful woman. I've I've yet to meet Mrs. Me, and I can't wait to meet her. You'll never meet her. I won't. Mama, let you. <laughs> mama, me, <laughs> mama, me. Uh, is it uh is it like a is it like a just a basic scraper or is it like a snow broom? It's like a snow broom with a with a scraper on it. Yeah, that's that's what I have. And like, if those are like a fairly like they probably have come around in like the last like eight to ten years or so. And I cannot highly I cannot recommend those enough. If you're in an area where you get a lot of snow, get a snow broom because it makes your life so much easier. Especially if you have, especially if you have an SUV like me. But even with cars, like cleaning off the roof, cleaning off the hood, so much easier with a snow broom than like the old school scrapers. Cool. Good uh, public service announcement there, Fuck Pat. Fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> Who else is scooping a topic this week? <laughs> That's it. Uh, just my bomb. Sole, okay. sole position. Uh, all right. Uh, poops? Uh, your attitude, mister. I don't appreciate your attitude this episode. <laughs> Jerry's just mad because I, I asked him if he would rather suck one dick for 50 grand <laughs> or, 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 or get paid five grand per dick that he sucked. That's why he's mad. We're going to have to cut that because that is completely out of context and people are going to have no idea what you're talking about. It's not my dick. I'm just saying. Is it too late to be asked to be removed from this podcast now? <laughs> Take you uh, off the credits. There are children right, who listen to this show. Children do I, not listen to this show. I, like, on, I adults barely a, listen to this show. I know for a fact that there are children who listen to this show, Pat. They should be doing something better with their lives and listening to this show. That's crazy. Don't well, waste I, your time, guys. I can't argue with you there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to scoop it. I'm going to scoop in the legacy pit, Travis, and, and your whole crew over there on your first invitational. That is awesome. Um, I had my kid's birthday party on Sunday, so I was busy all day. But I have gone back to watch some of the VOD. I'm going to continue watching it this evening. Awesome. Um, it's it's awesome, man. I I love to see people like you're the like you're the um, what's the word? You are like the uh, uh, example. That like I want people to set in their communities where like if you if you, like be the change be the community that mm-hmm. you want to have right yep um and and you're doing like a phenomenal job and you've gone above and beyond to like not only foster a community of legacy players there but also produce content for people who aren't there and that's incredibly valuable to the uh, to the entire uh, community of legacy players so thank you very much for that and I, I really hope that you guys keep it keep it going well that's very much appreciated Pat. You got it, man. Um, and also, uh, I want to scoop into top eight, uh, pranking your children. Uh, this week, I took my kids to get a Christmas tree. Uh, I think it was on Friday. Yeah, Friday. We took them to get our Christmas tree. And so I roped it to the top of my wife's truck. And then uh, I put the excess rope. I put it in the cab with us and gave it to my kids and told them to hold on to it. Otherwise, you'd lose our tree on the highway. Um, so <laughs> my kids were like white knuckling it for like. 10 minutes while they're expecting the tree to get yanked off the top of the car. And uh, it was hilarious. So I highly recommend uh, pulling jokes in your kids. It's great. Jeez, that's so cruel. It's, it's so not cruel. cruel. It was hilarious. For you. My five-year-old was I mean, holding that rope so tight. He was yeah, so afraid. Yeah, because otherwise he thinks like Christmas is going to be canceled if he lets go. <laughs> I told him that. We weren't going back for the tree if it flew off, so they better hold on. Oh, my God, Pat. <laughs> Jeez. I came clean after like 10 minutes. It was great. 
I have I have pictures. I think I actually might even send you the picture. It's really you did funny. Say, you did send me the picture. Your kids look miserable. Yeah. They look they're like they're like white faced. They look like they just saw a ghost, and yeah. it's like they actually literally look like it. Like they are seconds away from Christmas being canceled. Pat, yeah. that is what you brought upon your children. Well, you know, um, let's see. Poops this week. Um, the the low point so far for me in the Mandalorian is Gina Carano. I am not a fan of her as an actor. I mean, she was fine in the show, but. Every time I see her, just Spoilers, takes me. Pat. It takes. What's that? Spoilers. No, I mean it's not. She's been in every commercial. She's like a cast member on the show, so she's she just like I'm not a huge fan of her as an actor. I think she kind of sucks. I, I think, think she. I, I think, think she has four some was like my favorite episode yet. I think she had. Well, it was a great. No, don't get me wrong. It was an awesome episode. I just think Gina Carano, just as an actor, I'm just not a fan. Like I just don't buy it. Like she's an. She's a former like mixed martial artist. She's trying to do the thing that. You know, that every, you know, sports athlete who gets out of the sport and kind of, you know, ages out basically is trying to get into acting and like you're not all going to be like like the Dwayne Johnson is probably like the, the sole exception of like who I can think of recently who's gone from athlete to actor and made a really phenomenal transition and, and like has probably gotten more stardom from being an actor. Whereas like Gina Carano, it just like she was in uh, like the Deadpool movie. And I just I just don't I don't know, man. I just didn't like her. I didn't like I, didn't, I just didn't, oh. didn't buy it. God damn, I just realized that is the same person. Yeah. They make her look really short in Deadpool. She is, like, she's not tall. Oh, she's tall they, no, in what you're, No, actually, what you mean is, well, you have to remember, too, the guy who plays the Mandalorian, uh, Caesar or something, is actually, like, pretty short himself. So she yep. looks tall next to him. You're ruining my mental picture of everything, Pat. You're, come on, come on. I definitely want to scoop in. Every person that made the Invitational possible, the 18 players that showed up um, to be a part of something very special, is very pivotal for what my future plans are. Um, Some of them have very long drives. They still decided to show up. The announcing team that I had, Mike Smith, Mike Shank, uh, Ryan Freeberger, the judge, and um, Dave Salas was helping me out in the background, and Jared for donating a very expensive card um, to get this thing going. Poops, I have any of the naysayers for Legacy. Period. Um, you can follow us on Twitter if you want some updates. Uh, just search for the hashtag, um, uh, uh, the Legacy Pit. You can find us under Twitch, under the Legacy Pit. And you can find us on YouTube, under the Legacy Pit. Uh, we also have other social media accounts, but um, those are kind of uh, low on the radar. Nice. <laughs> all right, well, you guys know where to follow us. It's all in the show notes anyway. All right, guys, thanks so much. Uh, take care of yourselves. We'll catch you all next week. Uh, that's it. Just have a good day, everyone. Come on down